0: I'm Zach Owens, and I'm the Biggest Fan of Your Life. Welcome to the Biggest Fan of Your Life podcast, I'm your host, Zach Owens. I love learning from the major achievers, the famed celebrities, and outstanding experts. But I often think about the average Joes and Josephines who are just as great, who have valuable knowledge and skills to teach, and important perspectives and experiences to share. They may not have a platform, a following, or world-renowned status, but they have fascinating lives that I'm a fan of, and I think you should be too. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Biggest Fan of Your Life podcast. Today, my guest is Cody Pointer. Originally from Plainfield, Indiana, Cody Pointer is a minister to teens in Union, Missouri. In his life, Cody has experienced homelessness, racism, and crazy life transitions. He's an avid Dungeons and Dragons player, an embracer of the chaos. A regular at some local hole in the wall restaurant, and he's the kind of guy who leaves a lasting impression on your life. We share a love of Cincinnati and Hershey Sunday pies, and for a season, we shared my one bedroom apartment. I'm excited to introduce to you my friend, my brother, Cody Pointer. All right, Cody. Hey, how are you? Good. Oh man, I'm so good. I'm I'm all right. It's crazy, you know. It's good to be with you again.
1: I'm so happy. It's like the the Zach and Cody. It's like when they brought out the like boat one, the like so the sweet life, the cruise life of Zach and Cody. But whatever it was, The it was FC, just like, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about.
0: That's us. Back that is us again. The sweet life of Zach and Cody. Exactly. <laughs> Long awaited. It's wonderful. Well, thanks for joining me today. Cody, you're one of the most, I I tell this to people when I talk about you, you are one of the people that once you meet, you don't forget, you leave a lasting impression on people's lives. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) I found out in practice. (laughs) But it's just, you have such a notable laugh, such interesting and notable mannerisms and the stories that you tell are fantastic. And, And you've lived quite a life of which I'm... Very much a fan. So I can't wait to hear, uh, hear you tell some of those stories and share those with uh, some of my well, other I'm, friends here. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, why to get started, then just what is, give me, a, give us an example of something that is like just so like Cody 100%. Like Ooh. what is a very okay. Cody thing or a typical Got Cody it. thing? So, like,
1: so there's this time in college, we're all hanging out. It's me and my buddy, Chris, who's just as reckless as me. We're we're looking at this world map. We're looking at the United States and Canada. And I'm like, man, Chris, how, how long do you think it'll take for us to get to Canada? And he's like, dude, like six or seven hours. Canada's really far away. We're living in Cincinnati at the time. And I'm like, no. We're like doing that like finger measurement, you know, like what like sixth graders do when they're like, no, it's this far, (laughs) like, you know, like world map. I don't actually have a ruler. I'm just using my finger. So I'm guesstimating like completely four hours. We'll make it to Canada in four hours. No questions asked. And he looks at me and he's like, we will not make it to Canada in four hours. And I just go bet. And he was, (laughs) we're going to Canada and I'm like fine. So we go run around our entire like dorm hall in college. We get like s- like seven other people to go with us cuz there's nine of us. We take two cars to Canada. Granted, only three of us had passports. The only <laughs> reference we have on this is that 70 episode that 70 show episode yeah, yeah. where they go to Canada and they just sort of like get in that was in the 70s. This is post 9-11. Like, you can't just cross borders easily. <laughs> we don't realize that. Somehow we're all too stupid to realize it. We go. It's midnight, Sunday night. We all have class the next day. And we leave and we drive. And a bunch of weird stuff happens on the road. We meet some people that somebody knows. And we're like three hours down the road. And we just happen to like run into these people at this gas station. It's crazy. We get to Canada. And the Border Patrol dude is so mad at us. He's like, identification? (laughs) And the driver (laughs) hands him his driver's license. Oh, and you could tell this guy knew. He was like... Like he he clearly knew Uh that you guys were just not planning for this. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like... So... We're sitting there. We're talking to him. And he's like, don't, don't you guys know? Uh, what are you planning to see in Canada at 4 a.m.? And all of a sudden, I scream out from the back of the car, what time did you just say it was? And he was like, it's 4 in the morning. What do you think you're going to see in Canada? <laughs> and I just turned to look at Chris, and I was like, four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and so... We go into border patrol office. We talk to them. And, uh, man, we swear they were all like blazing like they came out all giggling and stuff like that and like they're joking with us and they're just like "Oh all right go on in enjoy canada you're gonna have a terrible time crossing the border though your guys the border patrol are douchebags so apparently there's some sort of like feud between american and canadian border patrol you heard it here all right there's something <laughs> they must have like rec league dodgeball games going on I and mean, there's intense <laughs> anger and so we go hang out in Canada. 4 a.m. There's nothing to do in Canada at 4 a.m. So we get breakfast at McDonald's. We do the most American thing you can do going <laughs> to Canada. We then realize it's 6 a.m. We have class at 10. And oh, you, and you know now it takes four hours. It takes four hours. So you can get back. But we have to hit Detroit traffic, oh, we have to right. hit Dayton traffic, and yeah, we have to hit Cincinnati traffic. Yeah, that morning commute. Yeah. So we book it, we just go. We get back at like 10 30. We run inside. We go to class. We sit in the back of class. God bless our professor. He cares about us. And he notices there's like six students in this class missing. Everybody in the class is looking at us because like we've been like tweeting and Instagramming and Facebooking, like, oh, we're going to Canada, taking tons of stupid pictures and stuff like that. So everybody in the class is like, did they really just like come back from Canada? Like, what the heck are they all doing? <laughs> and so, like, the professor. Goes and takes attendance at the end of class Because there's so many of us who were like gone When we first started And he's like man all you guys happen to walk in at the same time Like are you guys okay like did something happen (laughs) (laughs) My other friend D shot who came with us Derek He just Holds up his hand And he goes Wait a minute professor Reaches into his pocket and pulls out just this wad of Canadian money. Poor Derek. I think it was he brought like a $50 bill or something like that, a $100 bill. And you can use American money at the border, but they give you back Canadian money. Oh, no. And so he was already here back in the States with this money, and we all felt so bad for him because his card like got declined, I think, when he tried to use it or something because obviously he just randomly is in Canada and he just left the money there and we all just like got up and left and the professor was like okay cool
0: (laughs) so he got the message
1: going to class late because we went and got breakfast in Canada off of a stupid bet and I didn't tell people that it was a stupid bet Till like two or three weeks later.
0: <laughs> so they just thought
1: it was just this thing you decided yeah, to do. Oh, oh yeah, they were just like, oh, Chris and Cody, you're crazy. They're going to Canada. Sure, why not? They totally didn't realize it was a bet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, this is, and this is what life with Cody is like. You just never know this what adventures. It. Oh yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yes. yes, and you have a couple of, I know you have a couple of life phrases you live by, you know, and I, I think, mm. you know, yep. number one, okay, I remember us talking about this at one point. You are somebody I would love to see lead a riot charge, like a, you know. I've, I've led, I, I've led a small riot on a Christian campus. It happens. <laughs> What? What for? Because I I I would hope it would be something. It would either have to be something like completely mm. passionately social justice driven, or passionately like ridiculous. Oh, it
1: was it was pure pure ridiculous. So I'm an RA, and we're all sitting there. We're having this like dudes' night. All the guys on campus are there, and of course, guys are always doing stupid bets and stuff like that. And so they bet this guy, like if he loses something he has to get a tattoo. He loses. <laughs> badly. <laughs> There's like 50 dudes there. And they're like... So he can't back out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they're like... He's like, oh, I'll do it if you guys pay for it. There's like 50 dudes there who were like, bro, this guy lost the bet. Let's donate 2 or $3 each. Yeah. All of a sudden, money starts getting passed around. And like, they're all like, yeah, tonight, yeah. And these guys are just going insane. They're like, this guy is getting a tattoo. This poor kid is like freaking out because his parents find out he's done for. And so all of us RAs are sitting there, like, we're all the ones who are running this. We're all like, "Mm, nah, should we jump in? Nah, uh, I don't really want to. That's really bad. Everybody's going berserk at this point. Like, they're, like, basically, like, starting to tear this guy apart of, like, which body part can we tattoo? <laughs> uh, what are we going to take to the tattoo artist? Uh, they're, like, ripping off his arms. <laughs> and finally, I'm like, guys, we got uh, to step in here. Like, somebody has to. And so, like, I, like, descend into this chaos. And there's just, like, a symphony <laughs> just picks up. And I know, I'm like, this is it. This is the moment. This is my (laughs) element. And so I go in and just start chanting and cheering with them. And then, like, I slowly convince this crowd to do something else. I'm like, whoa, wait, we could do something else that's just as crazy. And they're like, yeah, yeah, the tattoo's not even that good of an idea. (laughs) (laughs) And so we get this crowd of people to all of a sudden decide to shave off half of this guy's hair on one side, his eyebrow on the opposite side, And then his leg hair on the side with the hair shaved off on top. And like, we're talking, they like bring out clippers and they're all screaming like, tonight! (laughs) (laughs) And like, there are still pictures on like Twitter. If you dig very deep, you can find the picture of me leading this riot, basically of trying to tear apart this human being. And my boss pulls me in like the day after. And he's like, I respect you because, man, you, you did the right thing and you changed the crowd's opinion and you made sure he didn't get a tattoo. And he was like, if you were, if like his parents were to come though, he was like, I, I would have I had to like fire you. <laughs> and he's like, you did the right thing, but it was still like crazy.
0: <laughs> and so That sounds like a very Cody. I did the right thing, but it was crazy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've, I've led a riot, small <laughs> riot. I feel like I need to like amp up,
0: you know, my riot skills, but not, not quite yet. Okay. <laughs> so where, where does this like, where does this spirit of, of crazy recklessness come from? Yeah, so probably
1: my grandpa, he was just like a crazy guy just doing weird stuff all the time, hilarious, joking around. One of my favorite moments, he goes to like close the garage door and he always wore suspenders. Bigger guy, always wore suspenders, easier than belts. Big guys, you understand what I'm talking about. You know, belts just like don't stay up easily. So he always wore suspenders and he had this pair. I actually owned them. They're, they're mine now and they never stay like clamps because of how old they are. So he lifts up real high to grab this, like, door. <laughs> like, this garage door. And, like, he goes to, like, pull it down. And as he goes to pull it down, that's right when the suspenders flip. And <laughs> his drop in the middle of our neighborhood. And all of a sudden, you just hear him yell, The moon's real bright tonight! <laughs> My grandma... Was mortified. Oh, I love it. It was so funny. So just moments like that is like what I experienced. And so just like shape you like as a person. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see. I I, I see the connection. And and your grandmother. I love your grandmother. She's so sweet.
1: Sweetest woman on earth. Like yeah. your grandmas are not as good as my grandma.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Your, your grandmother, I met her a couple months ago when I was visiting you in Missouri. And uh, just a... Very sweet lady. She knew exactly who I was, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. no, I tell stories about people all the time. That's not surprising to hear. That's not surprising. Now, uh, you know, a big reason why you're here, though, is to talk about your story and to talk yeah. about your life growing up. Because, uh, Cody, I am a huge fan of of everything that you're about, everything that you do. Like I said, you leave a very lasting impression on people. And uh, you've lived through a lot of a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, but even, you know, we were having dinner before uh, we set out to do this tonight, and you said that you are much different even than you were a year ago. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, so I, I love to, I, I want to think about, or I want to ask you about uh, who you were in high school. Talk about, like, what was Cody at age, you know, 15 like? I
1: was crazy. Uh, Whether it be, like, just, like, insane doing stupid stuff, or, like, girl crazy, or, like, just, like, any kind of insanity. Like, I was the quintessential, like, not troublemaker, but just, like, class clown in a way. But, like, it was, like, a there was a troop of us. That were all like, just like idiots. And it was so wonderful. <laughs> we were always doing stupid stuff you, all the time. You always have a way of finding your people, it seems. Oh, 100%. Because like you, get, you, you will always find crazy people everywhere you go. <laughs> everywhere you go, you'll find crazy people. And they are my people. <laughs> and so just like doing insane things, like... Like, we'd sit there, we'd go to my buddy Jackson's house, and then we'd all just get in a huge argument about, like, which thing would be better, like, which thing would be, like, a better fighter, like a pirate, a ninja, a knight. And so we'd all go out with, like, large, like, metal, like, poles and just beat the crud out of each other trying to, like, figure out this argument. <laughs> and then, like, it doesn't actually result in any answer. Or, like, just, like, screwing around in class. Like, I remember my junior year of high school, I was in an English class, I was in the middle of class at the beginning of the year. Then I got moved to the front of class by December, like right next to the teacher's desk. And I was too annoying for the teacher, and so I got moved to the back corner of class, <laughs> the farthest <laughs> seat away from the teacher. And I love her to death. She's hilarious, but it, uh, yeah, I,
0: just stupidity. It was great. <laughs> just stupidity incarnate. So, so you definitely had found your crazy people. You said there's crazy people everywhere. Oh, there's crazy people. So everywhere. you had your, your clique of guys, your clique of people that were just... In that, same, oh, yeah. in that same spirit, right? Where was your head at at, at, at that age? Ooh, it was funny because like, oh, I was still like totally
1: a believer, 100%, but I was just doing my thing at the same time for like being like a, like a believer in Christ and just like following Christ, but just like the reckless, like pure just like stupidity. Like I'm going to just do stuff and then stuff is going to happen. And if it's good or bad, that's not my point. <laughs> like that's not, I don't control that. And so it's funny. I remember it was my first time coming back from college. I was meeting with a couple of old buddies from high school. And there was one of them who was like, man, you were like the only believer that I had ever talked to that like, man, just like loved me, cared for me, and still had fun and like had a great time. And like, oh gosh, I started like almost crying. (laughs) Like right there, I was like, I was such an idiot, like, uh, uh, like, and you, like, somehow still noticed. And so, like, headspace, I wasn't thinking at all. I was, like, pure 100%. I was the moment itself. I wasn't even living in the moment. I was the moment. <laughs> like, that was what I was about at all times. Like, I wasn't thinking of the future, really. Like, there were some things that were, like, there that I thought of a bit, but, like, not really in mm-hmm. actuality. But, like, that was it. Like, I was, like, I was just chaos, just a hundred percent chaos.
0: And then what happened as you went through high school, maybe even transitioning into college there, you know, where did just living, where did just being the moment become, you know, a little bit more of a widened perspective? Yeah, it was probably, what's really funny is it
1: wasn't until really when I became super, like in a way instrumental in other people's faith. Like when it was the, oh yeah, like, I'm, like, going to be, like, serving as, like, a staff position at this, like, like organization that works in the inner city and works with kids. And then it really, like, started there and, like, picked up. And it didn't, like, really hit hard until, like, I came into, like, youth ministry where I'm at now. Like, and that's when it really hit of just, like, I have to have my ish together. <laughs> like, <laughs> like i like in a way these kids like i am a part of this like i'm not like a huge part of it but like i am a like there's an aspect in which i help further these kids spiritual health mm-hmm. and like i i need to at least have some understanding of like operating with authority and with organization like and i need to pull up all of that stuff in order to
0: at least make sure that something effective is regularly happening mm-hmm. so kind of understanding that you know you have a responsibility not just to yourself but to those that you're interacting with and leading has kind of forced you then to kind of take a look and say, "Oh, I need to,
1: oh yeah, yeah, definitely, like a hundred percent like what's funny is it wasn't even myself that was a big factor in that, like because I'm such an experimenter, I'm such like a scientist in my head at heart, and so like. Even like for me, the regular pattern of spiritual health is me constantly trying new things, going out of my way to be weird and different and doing different things. But I understand that is a very small population of people,
0: so I can't just rely on that. Right, right, yeah. Not everybody is comfortable in the chaos.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, no. There's a lot of people who are very discomfortable with the chaos,
0: <laughs> and I love that you you retain that as much as you know, you know. Time and experience has matured you and and given you kind of new outlooks and things like that. You still retain the same, you know, heart of Cody that oh, lives yeah, in the yeah. chaos. And it's funny,
1: like my leaders. One of my favorite things that happened to me was uh, I was talking at a leader meeting, and we were sitting there and. <laughs> and- one of them them's like, man, you are like one of the most organized people like we've ever had like working. It was either like working here or as the youth minister. And like, I remember the moment I like stop and I got this serious look on my face and I turned and looked at them and I was like, please do not tell me that is true. <laughs> because if that is the case, there is going to be something anywhere from six months to a year where everything will blow up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like if oh gosh <laughs> goodness that's that's a, I remember you telling me about that too when that when that happened that was a a, a key moment there oh I was for I was those who know that. Cody right yeah that's great you live in the chaos although that's been broadened, right? You, you've oh yeah, yeah. i have definitely, grown.
1: definitely like become much more organized in things that I do.
0: But, but in what you do, you work with mentor and disciple students, help them come to know Jesus. In working with young people, teenagers, you you have to live in the chaos a little bit, right? Oh, a hundred percent. If if
1: anyone is listening and they're like, oh yeah, student ministry is something I'm interested in of like volunteering or working, or even like working with high schoolers and middle schoolers, like teaching or something like that. Understand your life will just be jumping in to a swirling pool. (laughs) A black swirling pool. You're just jumping into that. Like, just be aware of that.
0: Well, yeah. and I think about, you know, the the parents that I've talked to who are raising teenagers, and I'm sure they feel like life is a chaos. Oh, it has to be. Like, Um, they're just with you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, living in that world as you do right now, you know, what, what can you share with, with everybody about that, that may be intimidated by teenagers or that may, they, maybe they don't know about teenagers. Well, what, what have you learned from them or what do, how, how is it, um, what, what, what has it taught you? Yeah. One thing is kids are
1: so much more powerful than you could ever anticipate <laughs> ever. You're going to have to elaborate on that. Oh, of course. Like, the mind of student, like the mind of like even kids, like children, because like I was like worked at a preschool for a little bit and then even like did like children's ministry stuff for a bit. Like I've been all over the place. The minds of kids is like this like, like just untamed wilderness. (laughs) Like they haven't been cut down or like controlled by like what like they've experienced. And they oh man it's just so wild of just like hey how do you think you'd be able to stop this and then they just go off and say something either like super like reckless where like it's just like oh just like make sure people share things like it's so simple and like yeah you're like oh yeah like that actually would solve that issue
0: yeah the profound simplicity yeah but
1: very profound yeah that's what it is it's like It's like just talking with them, just like, yeah, just the, like that, like, it's so like powerful of just like speaking something into existence and just letting it sit there. And it's just like, and they don't even care somewhat. Like, it makes me think of like those kids, like, I don't know how people's opinions are, but those kids like right after like the, there was the high school school shooting and like, they were just like, nah, we're done and they just like stood up to it. They were like, "Yeah, we don't really care what anybody else thinks. We're mm-hmm. done with this." And like the profound simplicity and like even talking with other students about that stuff. There's a level of which like, man, like change is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all over the place. Change is coming, and it's going to be from like these kids that are like growing up right now. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be radically vastly different than like what we've experienced even leading up to this. So you are very hopeful when you think
0: about the next generation.
1: Oh, 100%. Like it's funny talking with people and like hearing them just like sort of like be like, oh, kids these days, like, and it's like, they have a much different outlook on even reality. It's really funny because most of my students are super dark. It's hilarious. I don't, a lot of students everywhere are just super dark. And like when you get to that point, like when things are really bad and all the chips are on the table, that's when you're willing to make crazy decisions to make sure things keep going. And I'm so excited. And like to be, like it's a privilege to be a part of that and to like help formulate those ideas and concepts and make sure these students have what was in the past and giving that to them and being like, do something radical, change, like change it. Yeah do this.
0: And that's what I'm finding too is that a lot of I mean that's what I love about young people. Number one, they've not been jaded by, you know, adulthood in the same way that a lot of adults are. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and therefore they're willing to go there. Like they're willing yeah. to go to that place that says I can do this crazy thing. They like the most still, obvious
1: answer that no one wants to say or do, but it's the most obvious yeah. thing. Yeah,
0: like they have they, they have like this, you know, this reckless courage to just go for it. Yep. Like there's nothing that's stopping them. And I, I love that about, that's what makes me hopeful um, oh, yeah, yeah. about this next generation as well. And uh, just seeing what they're going to do with it. And again, that we get to be people that help to foster that and to encourage that. That's oh, great. I'm so excited. When you think about sort of the issues in our world today and how young people are kind of combating them, um, is there any in particular that you're like, man, that they're going to really they're they're going to radically change how how the world engages this concept?
1: Yeah, let's see here. One that I think might surprise people, I think there's going to be a rejection of technology. Like yeah. a level in which technology is important, but they're going to view technology in a different way. Like us millennials, like we definitely embrace technology hardcore and I don't think it'll be the next generation. I think it might be the generation after that possibly of a return to simplicity in a way, almost like how like, oh, some people totally still use a track cassettes, <laughs> but like most people don't. You see the same thing. I mean, like right now, Facebook, like, people realize Facebook isn't perfect. And so I know a lot of people who are just like ditching it. They're just like, eh, I'm not about this anymore. Like it was cool. But now my crazy racist uncle is saying too many things on there and it's annoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so like people just like are jumping ship in ways and like they're looking for the new thing. Mm. And like I think there's a level in which it'll be a return to like simplicity somewhat. Yeah, that's one thing like for me I I think might happen. Um, I see a lot more kids like not driving as much, which is really weird. I have a lot, like, I I just see it where, like, kids are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wait to get my license and stuff like that somewhat.
0: Uh, yeah, it's weird. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting because, you know, and I've got about 10 years on you, and I know growing up where I grew up, it was just sort of, assumed that you would get your license at 16 you know and uh oh yeah that so that is to me that is a very interesting trend students waiting to get their license yeah i think they're a lot more cautious
1: just because of seeing like the world they're growing up in mm-hmm. how much exposure they're getting to things and i think that's going to definitely affect things in the future is that that caution
0: yeah i am seeing I, i'm seeing some of that trend too and there are other things <clears throat> uh that make me think that the same thing, right? This return to this simple way of living. Um, I read something not too long ago about just the way that people are choosing to spend their vacations. Now they're not looking to go and yeah. see like the big exciting to dos per se. They some of them really want to go off the grid and really yep. tune out. Um, yeah, it's funny. I know people who take vacations from like their technology, which is
1: hilarious. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I'm going to turn my phone off and go and do this thing for two or
0: three days. Did you see th- this? Is new? Um, I think it's Vitamin Water who just put it out there. Oh yes, I saw this the other day. Yeah, they're looking to that give somebody challenge a hundred thousand dollars to go a year without their smartphone or the use of smartphones in general. Yeah, could That's you do crazy.
1: it? Crazy. I don't know. I use my smartphone a lot. I'm going to say no just because I use my smartphone so much.
0: Yeah. Like a lot. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of us that if we're honest, we would say. Oh, if, yeah, I'm if, not even going to lie. I'm not even going to try to lie about that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, not at all. And, and I don't think there should be any shame in that necessarily because like that's just the way we live now. You know what I mean? It's so just part of how we, we well, it's operate.
1: Good. It's good and bad. Right? That's my
0: prayer alarm. Sorry if you heard that. <laughs> Speaking of our smartphones, don't right? forget to pray, guys. <clears throat> that's good. That's good. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that transpires. And I don't know how they're going to track that. Like how they're going to, you know. Oh, I have no idea. It's going to be like that's like just like follow them everywhere.
1: Just like <laughs> <laughs> I saw this this thing where it's just like just have like a dude just like strapped to your back watching you, just like. Like in a baby carrier, an adult man, just like, hey, <laughs> hey, don't, don't, t- don't look at that phone over there. <laughs> It'd be so weird. It'd be That'd be great. That's the way to do it. Just like make them live without technology. So you just have a man tail them everywhere. Wow. Just like get the creepiest looking guy also. Just like so people are like, like he gets to the police called on him like four times throughout the year. Just like that guy's watching him really intensely.
0: (laughs) And then he just, there's a hundred thousand dollars on the line here. He is my buddy. (laughs) Cody shifting gears a little bit here. Um, you know, another thing I know that we both have encountered at some level. You know, we we both grew up in small towns, right? You, oh, yeah. I grew up in a in a suburb of Cincinnati on the yep. west side. You grew up on suburb
1: of Indianapolis on the west side. That's hey, crazy. That's yeah. insane.
0: And uh so small town middle America, you know, one of the big issues I think that our world is trying to still deal with is oh, yeah. is racism.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: And uh I'd love for you to talk a little bit about just from your perspective, um you know, what have you encountered and where do you see uh, our country going when it comes to, you know, how we're tackling this issue? Yeah. So like one thing
1: that's really funny, that's really hard for people to swallow. Someone's going to give them this pill and just let them deal with it if they want to deal with it. Like, especially if you are like American, if you are American, the, the system has programmed you in a racist way. Like everyone innately has racist tendencies and we got to like, just like, like say that and like, let it sit there. Don't judge it. Don't like mess with it, but like seriously think about that for a minute. Think in your head of like those ways in which, oh like I'm racist. Even like if you're a minority. There are things that like oh, yeah. you program you like get programmed into you to look racistly. Like like to look at it in a racist light. Like, uh, like for example, like there's like the gag in the like African American community of like like oh you're aiming for a white girl. Like stuff like that. Hmm. Where it's like like the, it's fetishized. And it's just mm-hmm. weird. Like it's so messed up. Like it's terrible. But like just look look at like porn trends. Like, and you'll actually see the like innate racist <laughs> like of fetishes that exist mm-hmm. and let's be real like there's there's billions of views happening the united states is the largest consumer of pornography in the world and like there's nations like india that has like a billion people which mm-hmm. is 700 million more people than the united states mm-hmm. and we're still beating them out like and what's funny is when you look at those top trend searches like those are things that like are like super messed up but like they're still there. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're trending. So like people are, aren't talking about it. But like that, yeah, it's really funny. Like you wouldn't think to talk about racism and porn, but like, man, it is prevalent. It's something that like just hit me hard when like I was like, I think it was like I was reading um, some sort of article from uh, this group Fight the New Drug. It's all about pornography. And like, man, it hit me because the Pornhub, this, this huge like pornography company that releases like their like yearly data trends and like working in the church, talking with like people about like sexuality and things like that, like it's good to have an idea of what that stuff is mm-hmm. so you can be prepared of what can I expect somebody's going to talk to me about if they're struggling with an issue like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so like looking at their like yearly trends is just like, it's so revealing. And so, like, it's funny, like, using porn to, like, to show, like, racist tendencies, but that's one thing that's big. Um, And so, like, man, all of us have those racist tendencies in us, and we just got to, like, be real about it. There are assumptions you make and stereotypes you have, like, for the first time ever— I saw a nativity scene. Like, actually, it was funny. There's this lady who works with our students. She was out and about because we have this gag about white Jesus. If there's one thing that I want to like be able to like know that I've taught my students, it's that Jesus isn't white.
0: <laughs> like,
1: I'm just saying. Grew up in the Middle East. Born in the Middle East. Like, like ran off to Egypt. I'm like, I'm putting like ten thousand dollars down. Jesus isn't white.
0: <laughs>
1: like, um. They found a, like, like I don't know. Like, it doesn't really, it's not really a great depiction, but, like, they are, like, it's a brown nativity scene. And, like, two of the, like, wise men are white dudes. And, like, oh, gosh. I was, like, she was, like, do you want this? And I was, like, yes.
0: (laughs) Instantly so fast.
1: (laughs) Uh, Even, like, that. Like, Jesus wasn't a white dude. I've, like, told people that. And, like, I've almost gotten punched in the face for it. Like, they're, like no he is and I'm like do you know where Jesus was from
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> uh, sorry to break this to you um, but you're right though it's, it is sort of those taken for granted things like you know a nativity scene you know what I mean just it's really- the small things
1: yeah and that's the big thing with like small town stuff it's like oh, it's the constant small things like, I remember when I first went to visit um, actually, like, this area, one of the first things I noticed when I was driving down the road was I saw, like, a couple of Confederate flags. And so I just counted them. And, like, the, it was like maybe a fourth of a mile. I counted 14. And this is Middle America, small <laughs> this is town? Middle right? America, small town in the North. <laughs> like, I've seen more Confederate flags in small towns in the North than the small town I'm living in. Like, which is like borderline Mason Dixon line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and so it's just like shocking in a way of just like, what? And like, what's funny is even talking to people about it because it's viewed in a different way depending on who you're talking to and stuff like that. There's different concepts of that. Mm -hmm. And so obviously there's a miscommunication happening. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the big problem I think we see within a lot of those small bits of racism is the miscommunication of values and concepts and symbols. Like what is one symbol to one person isn't problematic, but what is symbolic to another person is a huge problem. Um, And it's like having like empathy, guys, (laughs) like common decency to be like, oh, I can at least rationalize why you might find this problematic, and then having the empathy and respect to be like, oh, okay, and trying to like change an aspect
0: about that for either yourself or for them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm finding that you know, especially with the racism issue, but really with a lot of a lot of the issues that, that we're facing in the in our world really come down to this idea of empathy and oh, listening gosh, yes. to one another. Oh, goodness, yes. And, and it goes back to what you said before about just the, you know, the things that we learn in in kindergarten, right? It's those simple yeah. profundities, right? Yeah. Like those- That we just like abandon.
1: Yeah. Just <laughs> the, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like it's not even like we like, like like partially use it, bro. It's just abandon. It's just like, mm, the ship is sinking. Throw that overboard first.
0: <laughs> well, and, and you know, There are a lot of people who will say that we have progressed as a, as a world when it comes to this Uh, issue. Do you, where do you stand on that? Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, yes
1: and no. Um, like perfect example, there's a huge divide. Um, just like talking about progression anyways. Right. Um, one thing that I think is really important is understanding ethics, talking about morality. I mean, I work in the church, and that's, like par- that's partial, not like the whole picture. Like, but like, that's a partial thing that like you see a lot of Christians are involved with it, and people who are thinkers about righteousness and stuff like that. They, they speak on morality and ethics. And one thing that like is huge to me is that we are so behind when it comes to the ethical standard of utilizing technology, um, like when it comes to in mass, like the, the population. Like I think safe abortions have been around since like, I think like 1920, something like that. I can't remember the exact date. But like if you ask someone in America, if you take a poll, we are still literally divided 50-50 on what is the ethical stance on abortion. And it's like, you see that delay in so many different things. Of like, and there are questions we're not even necessarily asking. Of is there an ethical like concern, and how much time do I spend on my smartphone? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think you see a lot of families running into this now, especially because like things like Fortnite. Gosh, I've had so many parents come up and talk to me about that. Of just like, he's asking for money, and like, uh, is this gambling? Is something like that? Like, what's going on here? Like, I've had to have talks with parents about like ethical consumption of video games. Yeah. And it's like video games have been around since the 70s. How do we not have like a clear, defined ethical stance on this? Right.
0: It's, yeah, and those things, those questions always come up after the fact, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We never like ask, well, sometimes we ask beforehand, and it might be small scale, but it's when it blows up. But it's hard to anticipate even sometimes what those, what, what those dilemmas will be until we've actually oh, yeah. lived with them and encountered them. Yeah. And I have no idea, you know. It's how, how do you do? You just kind of have to roll with it at that point, right? It's you have crazy. to sit back, yeah. reflect on it. Um, I had a buddy, and he always like one of
1: my favorite subjects to talk with him was is like, like is like going to another planet and putting people there. Is that based out of a like morally righteous position? Hmm. Like, what's the point of going to another planet?
0: so, yeah, the idea of are we looking to take it over, colonize it, civilize it, so to speak.
1: Because if we can colonize other planets, that means that we can just, like, wreck the current planet we're on and jump ship. Hmm. And it's like, is that ethical? Wow. And, like, that's not the only position. That's, like, simplifying it. But, like... That's a realistic position of, I mean, if we can colonize other planets, it doesn't, like, climate control and climate, like, like talking about climate change doesn't matter. Right. Because we can just go to a an new planet. Yeah, there's an out. <laughs> like, we can just wreck the, like, crud out of this planet we're on. Mm.
0: Wow. I had never really thought about that. That's, yeah. But that's, oh, yeah, yeah. Been, that's who a has, little, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't think about it until all of a sudden it becomes. Like, yeah, like, that's the issue. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. So circling back now to the, you know the racist issue, you know, um, yeah. there there are things that we maybe haven't been able to anticipate, you yeah. know, and that and I think that's kind of where what you're what you're saying, right? But in terms of you know you know you talked about experiencing you know up here um, in the north. Yeah. You know, seeing all of those Confederate flags. You know, talk about some of your particular experience, if you don't mind. Uh yeah, you know, yeah, some yeah. of the so things like, that you've experienced when it comes to this. So like so what's funny is I
1: think my mom still has the letter the first time that like I was called the N-word like in school. I had like this little girl, I think it was like second grade or something like that, called me the N-word, and like she had to like write a letter of apology to me. And I think my mom still has
0: it, uh-huh. <laughs> which is crazy. Now that you, she kept something like that. Now you because I, I was my sister and I, Essentially, were diversity in our high school growing oh, up the
1: same thing? Okay, yeah, you
0: know, I mean, and so it, there weren't very many of us. It was a pretty white bread town, yeah, And So yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I didn't know if that was the same oh, experience yes, for yeah, you for okay. sure. Except for like
1: the last year of school, all of a sudden, like there was a huge influx of minority students. But like for the first like three years of high school, it was like there was I think there was seven of us, and like it slowly like went up down between years and then like just like blew up population wise. Yeah. It was crazy to like see it happening. Uh-huh. Like it was cool. Like it was nice. So that was crazy, though. It was still like weird. Um another one. I remember growing up um I was actually moving out of my mom's house. My mom was at the new place and we found out eventually our neighbors were stealing stuff between like us moving like and going from one house to the other house. And so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, like, man, we're talking police cars in mass come flying up to, like, our, like, house. And, like, just, like, all of them storm out, guns drawn. And what sucks is, like, my friend and his mom are there with us helping us move. And they're obviously caught cuffed, um, put up against the side of a car. As the police are coming in, I am moving out our medicine cabinet, which can't look good. And so obviously, like guns drawn, they look at me and they're like, hands in the air. And it's like, what do you do in that situation? Like, cause like a perfect example, like I could have been a like like a Mike Brown. Like, like that's it. Like guns drawn, like it's it's not my decision of what I do at that point. like I'm not the one with like a finger on the trigger. It's not me trying to target someone, but me being like realistic. Like I, like I put my hands up and like, obviously like I let go of the pill, like the medicine cabinet pill bottles go everywhere. But it's like, what would have happened if like bro decided to like shoot in that moment? Like, Mm. yeah, like it doesn't look good and it's not easy. And you were just moving out. Yeah, I was moving out. And so we're sitting there, and like, obviously that happened. Luckily, I'm one of those terrible people that the doctor's like, make sure you finish taking these pills. And I'm like, got it. I won't stop when I feel better. even though I totally stop when I feel better. (laughs) Thank goodness I did that because like over half of the pill bottles in the medicine cabinet actually had my name and that address on them. Mm -hmm. And my ID at the time like had that address on it. And like, what's crazy is they still questioned me for like a solid like hour. And like, my mom's freaking out. Like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, what's happening? And like, I can't respond to her because they won't let me like use my phone to like respond to my mom who's freaking out. And so like, Nothing I could do was good. Like I tried to like I I literally had identification, proof, like everything to show them. Like, hey guys, like I live here. This is my house. We're just moving out. Like this is literally the last couple days that I can actually show you and prove that this is my house and you still won't believe me. And eventually they're just like, oh, we can't do anything about this. Like, yeah, they have to eventually call the landlady to come out. She's like this like 80-year-old woman. (laughs) And like, it's like 9, 10 o'clock at night. So she's been out for already like three hours. Wow. And so like it took her coming all the way there across town to like them be like, okay, fine. And then like they left. And it was like, what the heck? I had all the proof to show this was my house. Hmm. Still like didn't listen to me.
0: And I'm sure that, you know, this has got to be one of those things that sticks with you, right? Oh, 100%. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah. Like, when you have
1: like three or four different like guns drawn on you, yeah. (laughs) Like, just like, it's messed
0: up. Yeah. And for for any of us to put ourselves in that position, to think about what that must be like, it's like, in that moment, like you say, your next move determines everything.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, like, like, even though I, could do something in the situation like yeah I could I could run I could just stand there I could put my hands up like I did but drop the medicine cabinet keep the medicine cabinet up in the air when I put my hands up like like I'm not the one in a situation of power though <laughs> like <laughs> I'm at the other person's whim mm. and like I mean thank goodness like I mean like I'm not trying to judge anybody who is, like, a police officer or anything like that, I've empathized, like, at least to his point of view. Like, yeah, like, police officers still make me uncomfortable to this day. But, like, I can actually sit in a room with them and rationalize why they did what they did. Like, yeah, small town, they got an unfor sure call about, like, a robbery. They don't know who's in the house. They don't know what's going on. Like, I get it. Like, but still, it's, like... You just want to be afforded the same empathy. Yeah. Like if I'm going to do that for you and everybody expects me to do it for you,
0: do it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it comes back again to just that empathy and listening piece. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, man, understanding, even attempting to understand where, where somebody else is coming from, where, where their perspective is, you know? Yeah. Um, so huge. So huge, and I think and that's a big another reason why I'm such a fan of you. You 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 don't you don't you don't stray away from th- talking about these things. Oh, I have no fear, and uh, you see the importance in it. You know, it's this is you have to. It's part of who you are. It's part of your story. Yeah, like you have to like talk about
1: the big hard things. Like you have to talk about those concepts. Like if if you're not going to like it's not going to get solved if it's a problem
0: right and and i think talking about it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have all the answers or that we know everything about it you know what i mean and oh, it's yeah. uncomfortable especially you know for those of us who are coming from a more privileged background right we have to oh, own yeah. that that's just where we are yeah and but there's a lot of of courage in, in saying I don't know everything, but I'm going to walk into this conversation and I'm going to attempt to learn mm-hmm. and to, to change the change And that's the landscape. a big thing. Like,
1: people in positions of privilege have to be part of the conversation. Like they, like we, like they have to be. Like those people who are in positions of power are the ones who have the ability to realistically change things. And the thing is, there are different levels of power dynamics. Obviously, the number of people matter sometimes in power dynamics, right? French Revolution. If there's not a bunch of peasants cutting off the heads of, like, government officials, the French Revolution doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, there is a power dynamic that is in population. Like, that, that's true. Well, there's other levels of power dynamics that are at play, like that we see practice and play out. And like those people who are in those positions of power with privilege have to be part of the conversation. If not, change doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a bunch of people talking about how
0: things are terrible. Mm-hmm. So talk, talk about, you know, given these experiences, you know, and you're you're working with young people, so you're educating them I'm sure on just how to engage the oh, yeah. world Why, with Jesus. all of this um <laughs> you know and I think that's important too is w- as minorities we have to be a voice in this we have to be willing to be the teachers yeah. on this um what would you say? You know, and I'm I'm stealing this question from another podcast I listen to. Perfect. but I, think I it's, love it. But I think it's, it away. it's such a great question, and you know, for you, I would be interested to know, Cody, what is what is your darkest teacher? Who darkest teacher? Mm. You know, whether that's a person, whether that's a a a thing or an experience, yeah. maybe I, I don't know. When you think of just your darkest teacher. Hmm. Probably one
1: for me is I very easily play out the absolute worst scenario in my head. Like sometimes your head is your own enemy. <laughs> and like, hmm. just like, like one thing for me that I, I really am like in trying to emphasize for my students is understanding just how absolutely powerful sin actually is. Like, we're talking the second sin came into existence, everything broke. Like, that's how strong it is. It is by far the second most powerful thing in the universe. No questions asked. Hmm. Like, like the utter chaos and destruction that it, it just causes is, like, instantaneous. And, like, realizing that you are a part of that. Like, there is darkness that does hang around me and hang within me that tries to mess me up continually. Hmm. And, like, seeing it, acknowledging it, and going, how am I going to, like, resolve this? Like, Mm -hmm. where's the reconciliation?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've read a lot and thought a lot about, you know, because so many times we just want to rid... The, rid ourselves of, of the darkness yeah. and rid ourselves of the uncomfortable. Um, but in reality, w- in order to, to sort of take away its power, we have to lean into it and we have to get to know yeah. Oh, yeah. whatever that fear is or whatever that struggle like, is, whatever that darkness or if you, is. you like defeat your enemy, you have to identify who
1: your enemy is. <laughs> mm. Like you have to, like, like if I don't know who I'm fighting, like, how do I actually know I'm fighting the right thing or
0: I'm fighting against the right thing? Hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. Talk to me about, you know, because you know, we we've we've talked about the the chaos of Cody. Of course. And and we've talked now about some of the things that are uh that you've experienced that you've lived. Talk about some of the things that you value, like what, what, what are the values that you base your life and your decisions off of that guide you through, through this life? Open-mindedness,
1: 100% open-mindedness. Like life in this universe is so much bigger than I, I could ever actually anticipate. Like 100% bigger than I could like anticipate it actually is. Hmm. I have to have an open mind to have weird discussions. (laughs) Like last weekend, I just had a conversation with like a shaman. (laughs) Like that's just like working in the church. You're going to run into things like that. (laughs) Like I have to have my mind big enough to anticipate anything in order for me to accurately like uh, even like begin to offer some level of response (laughs) Like, just like go along with it. Just be like, okay, what's going to happen today? I literally have no idea. Hmm. Like, you have plans, but like they never actually work out perfectly.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So you always have to be willing to be adaptable. Something always happens. Yeah. Another value,
1: probably being okay with, I don't know how to describe this perfectly. Being okay with faults, uh, almost, I think that's a good way to put it. Humility, maybe that's the best word technically. Okay. Humility.
0: <laughs> so, so, like, being okay with your shortcomings, or yeah, like you're being gonna, okay
1: you're with. You're going to screw up, small, big, uh, gigantic, like that's going to happen. Like you're going to have to realize like you will screw up at Mm -hmm. some point in time, no matter how big or how small. What's really funny is one of my big things right now that I've been slowly researching is right. Like Jesus, like you're like Christians believe Jesus is perfect. He lived this sinless life. Does that mean that like Jesus was able to walk as a baby the first time he tried to walk?
0: Ooh, so <laughs> like, did Jesus stumble, like literally stumble while learning Jesus, how to walk? Yeah,
1: did Jesus literally stumble while he learned how to walk? Like, yeah, I love that kind of like weird stuff like that. Like, And like uh, other value, obviously, because I just mentioned this, is like learning. Learn everything you can. For a guy who harassed his teachers growing up in elementary, middle, and high school, I valued them so much, because learning is such a cornerstone for me like i will never stop trying to learn something
0: yeah yeah it's huge how how do you learn like what is what have been where do you go to learn things 3am wikipedia 5 cups of coffee <laughs> i'm
1: and just, destroyed
0: And this the internet
1: spiral just, that is all of a sudden you wake up it's like 12 in the afternoon and your phone's dead, and you're like, why did I just learn quantum mechanics?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it is fascinating to me, too, how that is the way of learning now. Uh, And you know this, too, working with young people, like, they're learning so much through the most unconventional of educational methods. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Like, it's crazy. Even, like, personally,
1: myself, like learning things like from like things like youtube Wikipedia you know those like sketchy instructional guides that are like 11 easy steps yeah. to do this and like the steps are like really like bland <laughs> and you're like but hey, I I <laughs> Here we go. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like how to fry an egg.
0: Oh, well, this looks not like a fried egg. <laughs> Which, fun fact, I have never fried an egg. <sighs> what are you doing, Zach? So I I I've just right been now. scrambling my entire life, literally. Bro, literally, just <laughs> literally.
1: Throw, it, throw it in the pan and just let it fry. Just like. Tsk, tsk just let it just let it fry. Maybe that's something I'll have to try out. It's literally the easiest way to cook an egg. You do nothing to it. <laughs> how have you not cooked an egg in the easiest way possible?
0: I I live life in um, the most complicated of manners, Cody. <laughs> that's it. I feel
1: like everybody learns how to scramble eggs
0: first when like that's
1: actually like that's I feel like that's a relatively complex egg like, 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 guide. Like, why do you not learn how to fry an egg first? That's the easiest way to cook an
0: egg. I don't know. Maybe it's because I always grew up with scrambled eggs. That's so. what it is. Tradition, man. It'll get you. What are some life philosophies of Cody? If I die, I die. <laughs> It's a big one. <laughs> describe, describe what that, go in depth with me on that. Philosophy. So one of my life, one of my real life
1: philosophies is I love like phrases. It's like a random quick to say, like small pieces of wisdom, just like, like modern day proverbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's what it is. Well, and we all have them too. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like, like, Oh, like, did you? Where'd you? Like, where'd you get that information from? The internet? Like, don't trust the first thing you find on your internet. Like, come on, man. Like, everybody knows that. <laughs> like those like small, random, weird fa- phrases. I love. That's one of my big life philosophies. Is have those phrases and just let them slowly guide you in a way. Not like huge, but just like make decisions for you. Just like, hey, if I die, I die. Like. <laughs> You pick up like a, a French fry off like a dirty old floor, but it's, it's your last French fry. And this is like, you know, one of those big fries, like, uh, you know, like the ones you can't, it. you don't want to lose those. And like, you're like, it's like three second rule. You like hit it, you know, for sure it made it like you, like it was on the third second and you're like, oof, if I die, die. And you just, <laughs> and you go for it. Yeah. That's it. Like another one is like, whatever happens, happens. Uh, yeah, it's sort one. of a, the same yeah. phrase, right? Just yeah, in, same thing, just different, different words. Like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I love that one. That's another good one for me, because it's just like, I barely actually have control over all of reality.
0: <laughs> like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like, well, and I read something the other day, too, that says something about, like, to think that one decision of ours, right, um, to not have control over that, and that, you know, everything hinges on this one thing, you know, is giving oh, yeah, ourselves yeah. way yep. too much power. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> well, it goes back to, like, the conversation of, like, racism and the police officer, like... Yeah. Like, I I didn't have any control in that situation. Yeah. But that's... Uh, ooh. Yep, yeah. yeah it's but put your li- You know, that's a
0: different way of looking at the if it's I die, I die. Yep, if I die, I die. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know if we should be laughing about that. Yeah.
1: Happens, whatever happens happens. Whatever happens,
0: happens.
1: <laughs> they
0: play out so easily. They do. They do.
1: Goodness gracious,
0: Cody! I know um, you know you've gone through a lot of things in life. You yeah. have lived in different contexts and things like that, and a to, lot. and to see where you are now is. is, is Awesome. I'm so oh, it's happy for crazy. you. Oh my gosh, it's insane. But can, can you talk us through just maybe some of those harder or darker struggles of times and you know, how that brings you to a place you know today you know, where you can look back at that and see what it's taught you?
1: Yeah, so one, what's funny is it wasn't like super dark, but one that I guess like a lot of people might view as dark is like I was totally technically homeless for like a good six months of my life. And I just, like, crashed either in my car, my grandma's place, or buddy's places. And, like, I didn't view it that way necessarily, even though that's totally what it actually
0: was. <laughs> like, and, and when you say homeless, you're talking about, are you saying, like, living on the streets?
1: I had moved out of my mom's house um, when I was 17, um, senior in high school, because, like, I had realized, like it was just a bad situation at the time. It was hard to interact with my mom and it just wasn't like working out and the like the way it should. And so I was just like, hey, I can't stay here anymore. <laughs> that was literally the words. Like, I can't stay here anymore. And she was like, I know. And I just like got up and left. It was like weird. Hmm. And like staying at friends places, um, Staying at my grandma's place, occasionally crashing in my car. I was working like 40 hours a week at the time. It was great. Oh gosh, I had so much disposable income and I'm such an idiot because I literally had like no bills to pay. <sighs> Kids, get yourself savings. Get yourself a Roth IRA. Go out and do that right now. If you're if you're 18, go get yourself a Roth IRA right now, put money in it. <laughs> like, save <laughs> for the future.
0: <laughs> Learn this lesson from me. <laughs> And maybe the first step is because, like, we're figuring out what, a, what an what IRA heck, is. What the heck an IRA yeah.
1: is? If you don't know what an IRA is, uh, look that up right now. Pull out the human knowledge device in your pocket that I know you have, and look. Are you using right now? Listening to this? <laughs> Do learn. Uh, listen to a podcast about IRAs, and then come back to this podcast to finish it. <laughs> Do that right now.
0: So, so you're you're sort of just moseying around then like you're you're living in all of these different contexts or whatever and this is you're not even graduated from high school Nope. so what is that like living that way while still being in high school weird
1: Uh, like not talking to people about it like did your friends know Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like, like they knew like I was crashing at different places, and like I told them that. But like, we never like officially called it like, "Oh, Cody's homeless." (laughs) Like nobody actually said that. Like, I I don't even think we necessarily define it as that. Like even like within my family, but technically, that's totally what it was. Like I wasn't like in a regular like sleeping situation. Like it was just like couch surfing. Yeah, and like that that just happens. Like it was like Monday to Thursday. I'd be occasionally at my grandma's place most of the time. Sometimes I'd just be too tired from work and I'd just, like, go and just, like, park <laughs> and just, like, sleep. And then, like, weekends I spent at my buddies' places.
0: And so that was just, like, the last, like, three months of high school was that. And so when did when did things change? Was that when you went to college? Yep. <laughs> I
1: went into college. I remember talking to my student pastor. I was, like, I supposed to sign up for the Navy. And that didn't work out. My recruiter is actually the person who encouraged me to try college, which is hilarious. That, that that's how that played out. Um, <laughs> just. Bro, that was, that was God 100%. I remember him screaming at me the week before to get in my paperwork. I get all my paperwork done, and I go to turn it in. He's like, bro, have you tried thinking about college at all? And I was like, no, college, that's lame. <laughs> and and what, what made you think that college was lame? Uh, I was living in the moment, and like I was like the type of person who was just like, tell me what to do, and then I can have fun while doing that thing. Okay. I didn't actually, like, I was, like, pure chaos. I didn't actually want any control, <laughs> like, at all. Okay. I was so anti-authority that, like, I didn't even want the authority of myself.
0: <laughs> so, so you were just waiting for the next thing to find you. Yep. And you would just deal with it as opposed to actually having to oh, make yeah. a decision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And then, like, God was like, listen, listen, son, listen. You're going to do this. And I was like... Well, I mean, if everything's working out perfectly, I guess you're right. (laughs) And so I went to college. That was crazy. It was fun. It was insane. Another one of those like big dark moments came in college. I mean, for anybody who's ever been in college, you definitely know where I'm coming from because college is just somewhat just this like black hole <laughs> like it's just moments of like death this is this is being recorded near finals time for a lot of students and so you know exactly what I'm talking about right now <laughs>
0: all the big existential questions of what am I doing what, what am I, I doing why am I putting life? myself through this uh,
1: why am I up till 5 a.m learning about like the anatomy of a knee <laughs> 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 like. The weird stuff. You're like, why did I take this elective on German-Himalayan singing? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I don't know what this is going to matter. I didn't even know that was a thing you could take. It's not. I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you're, you go through college, and I know yeah. you, there was a, a point where you were an RA in college even. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, from there, you go into, you, you graduate, Yep. and then you uh you start going to work, and and actually that's where our story, yeah. our paths cross. Is you you uh, came to uh... it was fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, you came
1: to. I just dropped my lifesaver. I was oh. so upset. If you didn't know, if you have heard me chewing randomly, I'm I'm eating lifesaver gummies, and I just dropped one, and I want
0: to die. Oh, the three second rule. If you die, you die. It's been
1: way longer than three seconds and I think it went under my hotel room bed. Yeah, let's and let's
0: not. Uh, that, is, that is a dark zone. <laughs> <laughs> Do not go there. So, you know, that, and that's when our paths cross is when you come to Zanesville and we work at a church together and actually you end up Living with me in my one bedroom apartment. Oh, it was crazy for seven months. Oh, dude, how that happened was insane. That was great, man. And I think about you know the the times we would go out and go to restaurants, particularly one particular restaurant yes. in particular, the J's, TJs. <laughs> and if you guys have never been to a TJs, man, a one they're apparently a franchise.
1: This is true. I've never seen another TJ's.
0: Yeah. I've, I've not really outside I of just- have nothing to
1: gauge outside TJ's of as a franchise yeah. so, of, because I've only ever seen one in existence ever.
0: But, I mean, it's it's the home cooking kind of food. Breakfast, oh, dinners- It's so good. And coffee that's really not that great, but you keep <sighs> drinking it anyway. You know what I'm talking about. That diner
1: coffee that's yeah. just like terribly amazing. Like, yeah. it's, ter- it's so terrible, it's great. And and what like TJ's I, I I'm not talking down about you. Just hear this now. I love you. You are a necessary institution. Oh absolutely. In reality.
0: I'll be honest, Cody, I have not been back to TJ since you left Zanesville. It wouldn't be the same. It it's not. <laughs> it really isn't. But but one of the things I loved is that during that time we lived together, we were regulars at TJ's. Oh I love it. It was great. And and I think that's something you and I both share is this affinity for being a regular places. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 and I know that most places you've ever lived, right? I mean, even right now, I've always had regular spots.
1: Yeah, like, uh, like a sixty percent chance you're going to see me somewhere.
0: Why, Why? Why do you like being a regular? It's just nice to have people that
1: you are so unaffiliated with, except for one concept, like just like you showing up somewhere. Uh-huh. like just like there's something about it like if you've never been a regular somewhere just like pick out six restaurants in your like area and just like roll a dice and just decide which restaurant you're gonna go to and then just become a regular just like show up once a week or like I screw it twice a week <laughs> like, just, like, <laughs> you'll become a regular really fast if you show up twice a week they'll be like what the heck is this loser doing here and then all of a sudden they'll be like man this loser is actually alright and they're just like dude There's that loser walking in again. How you
0: doing, man? (laughs) I love it so much. Well, and I I just love, you just become sort of known there. Yes, it's the best. And it becomes, especially I think about times in my life when when things were tumultuous or when things were just difficult, and sometimes you just want the familiarity of one place That just kind of, even if it's only as consistent as you just being there. So this this coincides, funny enough, with what you asked about like
1: dark times in your life and stuff like that. And then like this regular thing. If you're ever in Cincinnati, you need to go to this place called The Anchor. Yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's in a it's in a place called Covington. There's another anchor in Cincinnati and it's like a shrimp seafood place. I'm not talking about that place. I'm, I'm for sure <laughs> it's probably great, but like, I'm not talking about that. That's not your place. That's not, your about, place. It's not my place. I'm talking about the anchor bar and grill. And it's this little tiny diner. You need to go there. It's it's a surreal experience. It is wonderful. It's like one. It's it's sort of designed, and it looks a little bit like a ship. Like on the inside, I feel like that's what the inside of a ship looks like. Even though I've never been on a ship, actually, true facts. Which is weird that I've never been on a ship. Are you even including boats in this? Yeah, uh, uh, small like bigger boats, not like small boats. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that medium size boat, you gotcha, know, gotcha. one that maybe has like. Four Four rooms, five rooms. At oh most. wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And so, like this place, I became a regular at for like four years, from sophomore year of college to when I like graduated. And I loved the anchor, I and mean, it got me through the darkest time in my life. And I learned so much from that place and my interactions with the people there. Of like, so the first time I ever failed in ministry. Like, it was just, like, <sighs> things just blew up. It was done for. Like, I was working in an inner syn- inter- <laughs> Sometimes you mess up, and that's another life philosophy. <laughs> when you mess up and you're just stumbling on words, just go with it. And everybody's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, like, he just fell on his face with his words. That's what it is. <laughs> just do that. Fall on your face with words. Yeah, we can edit that out, too, right? Don't do it. <laughs> okay, Don't you dare okay. edit that out. <laughs> 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 so... The anchor. I'm sitting there. I fail in ministry hardcore. I'm working in an inner city mission group, and I completely just uh, mess things up. And I decide that it's time for me to step away. I can't keep doing that. I just wasn't able to endure the like demands of what was being done. And so it sucks leaving that because you get so attached to these kids. And then you're just like, I can't keep working here. I can't keep doing this. And so you withdraw. Felt like an utter failure. And what I'd do is I'd go to the anchor and I'd just sit there at like three or 4 a.m. and just like smoke a pipe because it's in Kentucky and you can apparently still smoke in restaurants in Kentucky. Real weird. (laughs) I'd just smoke this pipe. I'd drink this bland coffee and I'd occasionally eat food. And it was so, like, it was just like the slow healing process of just going to this place all the time, like four times a week sometimes, no joke. I got to the point where there'd be a couple times when I'd come in and, like, I'd just get a coffee and, like, my home girl, I don't even know the people's names that work. If they didn't know my name, see, I didn't that's know. The their thing is you don't it know. was
0: amazing. Yeah, you when you're a regular places, you don't even need to know. They the just names. know of you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And so i just go in
0: and like sometimes i just get a coffee
1: and like home girl would look at me and she'd be like <sighs> you got any money today? I'd be like, just enough for this coffee. She'd be like, oh, just order something now and put it on my tip next time you come. <laughs> we're just like, let me have free food. And then like, I just pay them back for it in the tip the next time I came. And like, I mean, obviously you tip more than that. Like when you're a regular at a place, that's when you just like regularly tip more. hmm like, that's like do that.
0: well and, and I've found that it's easier to tip more because oh. y- they don't those people don't realize yeah. the the what they do for you the role they play in your life, especially in those dark times in those dark seasons, right like I can think of like uh, you know a couple of, of servers yep. who they had no idea but they, they were, didn't know their hospitality, their generosity, their smile, you know. It was just enough to get me through. It was the best. That was the best about the anchor. There was never any smiles. It was all
1: just that, like, bland, like, you know the, like, angry lunch lady look? Yeah. That was it all the time. It was my favorite thing. Because they're just like, mm, how you doing the day? And just like, oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> Got it. But it was perfect. What do you, you want? <laughs> it's just, like, the best thing in the world. I loved it. And then just the people you run into. Just, like... what's really weird is I chose a time period where I didn't meet a lot of other regulars there were a lot of regulars but I didn't meet a lot of regulars and so when I met another regular it was always a good time it was always crazy and just talking about how great this place is even though when you go to the Anchor Bar and Grill you're going to think I'm insane for saying how great this place is but it is amazing it has it's the quirkiness is what makes it amazing it's great I love it so much (laughs) And like meeting the weird people who come in because I—I'll be real—I went at like three or four a.m. This place is open twenty-four-seven. It's a great.
0: But see, those are the best places to be a regular. Oh my gosh, they're amazing! You just meet insane
1: people. There's bro who like survived his house being burnt down and like saved this person from their house burning down. And what's crazy is I saw him in the paper like the next like week. Like, and like, I was like, holy crud. He wasn't just a crazy guy talking about how his house burned down and he didn't know what to do. That was real. Oh my gosh. Or like, I talked. So like, I would sometimes go and just read scripture. And like, I ran into this party of like, it was just like a bunch of people from the LGBTQ plus community at this table. And then you just have like one dude reading the Bible with this table sitting there. And then we eventually got this huge conversation going about religion. And like, man, I, if I, It'd be a miracle if that person somehow listened. I have no idea who it was. I remember him getting up, and the rest of the party leaves, and like it's, he's the last one walking out. And he turns and looks at me, and he's like, "I just want to say," and like, a tear, little tears in his eyes. Oh gosh, I'm starting to get it feels. I'm sorry. And he's just like, "I just want to say, you are the first Christian I've legitimately talked to in a conversation." And 15 years since I got kicked out of my parents' house and like ugh, ugh, like brought me to tears like he left and I closed my Bible and I was just like wept <laughs> and like oh it was so sad and like but it's those weird moments yeah, that just happened like I talked with a bunch of like two other homeless dudes about just like our experience being homeless and seeing how different they were of like what that looks like Like one dude like lived in like a tent city. One dude was in and out of like homelessness. So like, I don't know what kind of job or business he had, but he had some sort of job or business where he was like in and out of homelessness, which is really weird, but could have been a drug dealer I was talking to. I
0: don't know. I just realized that. (laughs) Big oof. Cody, I want to know who, whose life are you a fan of? Can be somebody on a big Mm. scale or small scale somebody whose name you know or don't know, but like when you oh, think man. about like whose life you're a fan of that you're like, I'm, I, I am cheering that one on. I
1: instantly knew the second you said it and <laughs> you now know who I'm talking about probably because I could gush about this person. They are deceased, sadly. There's actually, I'm really low-key upset because there's a movie just made about them and I feel like it didn't get enough buzz. Oh, totally yes, got, I do
0: know who you're going to talk though it about. it totally got a
1: lot of buzz, but it still didn't get enough buzz. Mr. Rogers, real talk. Like, oh God, uh, real talk here. That this is another one of my phrases, real talk. Real talk is when you have real conversation, all right? And that's what this is. This entire thing has been not real talk till I said real talk, and now it's real talk <laughs> starting at this moment. Mr. Rogers, was a maverick. Mr. Rogers was incredible. I don't care what anybody says. There's a story where like, he pays for a taxi driver to come in and spend the evening with his family and just like hang out and eat dinner. Cause like this taxi driver didn't like, like wasn't going to go home and eat dinner or something like that. And Mr. Rogers was like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, let me pay the cab fare. You come in and enjoy an evening with me and my family it melts my heart. Oh my gosh. Like he had a couch in his office because he didn't like want people to feel like he was like over them if they came into his office to talk to him. He had like a couch there just for that reason. Like didn't have a desk in his office. That's my kind of man. Like just like wanting to constantly make kids know they're like loved and cared for and they have a place. I can get behind that.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh.
1: Like, one of my favorite showings was, I think it was like, it was a couple weeks after this actually happened, when like African Americans were first allowed in pools in the South and like people started throwing like acid in pools that African Americans were swimming in that had been unsegregated. Mr. Rogers has an episode where he intentionally brings on this police officer and like in the neighborhood as an actor. Um, chooses to make this police officer an African-American dude. And like, he's sitting there, Mr. Rogers is sitting there chilling in his like, his like, uh, like like front yard and he has like a kiddie pool and he's like resting his feet in the kiddie pool because it's a hot day.
0: Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, and like,
1: this like, the the I forget the name of the police officer for the life of me right now. I feel so bad because I know so many episodes of Mister Rogers, <laughs> and this police officer walks up and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing, Mister Rogers?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just relaxing my pool." And he's like, "Why don't you come in and join me? Like, come in and join me." And then, like invites this like African American police officer, which like you didn't see like a lot in the past of like. African-Americans being police officers. And Mr. Rogers just chills with this dude in the pool. And like, so you have this on the TV, Mr. Rogers chilling with his black dude in the same water. (laughs) And like, that is like how you subvert reality. (laughs) Like, not Star Wars episode eight. Subvert reality like Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Like, destroy expectations in that way.
0: Yeah. I can totally see how that is guided you through your life, you know, like that, that kind of you know, example It says, I want to be like that. I want to live Radical. my life like that. I want to value things the way that this person values those things. That's fantastic. I love that. Oh, it's great. I love Mr. Rogers. <laughs> so one thing we haven't talked yet about is you, you have a very, you go all in Oh, on everything 100%. in life. 100%. You know? Yep. But one of the things I love. When somebody's
1: like, if, if your friends are jumping over a bridge, would you do it? And I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> no questions asked. I'm I would jumping. go first and I would
0: force the rest yeah, of them like, to I'm go like, with I'm
1: me. I'm jumping <laughs> on the bridge and there's actually a rope secretly tied to my ankle that's attached to everyone else. And me <laughs> weighing 290 pounds, everyone else is coming with me. <laughs>
0: But I so I love that spirit about you, and I love that you know in the in the seven months that we lived together, I would come home, and I would open the door, yes. and you would be sitting at my dining room table making these figurines and yes. these uh, the minis, painting them right yeah. for for D and D for Dungeons yep. and Dragons. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge Dungeons and Dragons guy. And you would just be there, and, and you had this hat that you wore. Do you remember this? Oh, of course, I still have the hat, and I still totally use. I don't it. even know what it's called.
1: If you uh, so like you know like a rice paddy farmer like you know those like the like triangle shape hats they have are like if you're a fan of mortal Kombat, raiden like oh yeah like you know what i'm talking about right now and you're like if you're a nerd and you know the reference i'm making you're listening to this and all of a sudden you're like "Ah, yes i know that yeah like like, 10 (laughs) points right there
0: to your gryffindor oh my goodness yeah so i'd walk in you'd be there and just be like hey yep and then it would be like that's it and you'd be watching something on youtube heck yeah and uh those are the good times. Man. Oh, goodness gracious. Then we so go fun. out and we would get Hershey Sunday pie. Oh, Hershey Sunday pies. If you
1: haven't had one, go to Burger King, get a Hershey Sunday pie just once. I will change your life. It
0: amazes me, because we've introduced a few people to this. I know. It amazes me how many people have never had a the Sunday glory oh, so good. of a Hershey oh Sunday gosh. Pie. It is it is like heaven
1: meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. <laughs> I had to do the reference because I'm not an unforeseen kiss guy. I'm oh, sloppy wet. Oh, goodness
0: gracious. We will have to agree to disagree on there, that one.
1: The agreement is that sloppy
0: white kisses better deal with it. <laughs> I love that. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cody, what, is there anything else? Well, actually, so, so you are a, you go all in. 100%. And you are a huge fan of this, uh, of Dungeons and Dragons and yeah, these I, other, and for a while it was magic too, right? Yep, well, yeah. What is it about these games um, that keep you 100% all in? Imagination. Oh,
1: guys. Oh, I love this. I can gush about this. Just like Mr. Rogers, I can gush about M- imagination, right? Like, imagination, like, rainbow pops up over your head, SpongeBob <laughs> reference. Like, literally, a rainbow just appeared over my head when I did that. <laughs> like, you know the motion I'm talking about. And, like, people don't realize how powerful your imagination actually is. This is one thing, like, oh man. So, like, God being this being of utter creativity, That's one of his defining traits. One of the first traits we find out about God is that he's creative. He's a creator. And he he puts that like into us. And literally everything that has ever been developed technologically, we're talking from like a light bulb to like a chair to like a cell phone started as an idea in somebody's head do you understand how terrifyingly powerful that is? It's like your cell phone was literally some like oil, some metals and minerals in the ground and some like dirt. And somebody went, I'm going to make that contain all of human knowledge and people can communicate with one another and they can tell the time on it and they can listen to music on it. And like literally they just did it. They were like, oh yeah, let's do this. And they just did it. They just made it. That's terrifying. Like imagination is like huge. And like games like D&D, things like Magic the Gathering, like those like nerd games and stuff like that, like geeky stuff, like... Like it's so powerful. I'm not a Star Trek guy, I'm a Star Wars guy for anybody listening. I
0: have, I have, <laughs> have to make to. I have
1: to make a Star Trek reference though. Like the tablet was like thought of like on Star Trek. And then somebody went, I actually sort of want one of those and then made it.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> And now our world is and, changed and forever. Now the
1: world is different. Like Like those like nerdy things, the reason why I love them is because like imagination is so powerful and like getting the chance to regularly participate in like expanding your imagination like gives you the potential to do so much more.
0: Mm.
1: Like just sit, like this is like, if there's like a takeaway thing you do after listening to this, besides learning what a Roth IRA is, (laughs) takeaway thing, is sit down and just, like, imagine, like, let's do a cube. Imagine a cube in your hand. Just, like, once a day. But what's crazy is you can think of a different cube every single day. Like, when I said imagine a cube, there were so many different things you could have thought of. You could have thought of a dice, like a six sided die which is a cube. Yeah. You could have thought of maybe like a cage, like a cube that's a cage. What's funny is how big was the cube you thought of? Right. Like cuz for me I thought of it that it fit in the palm of my hand, but somebody could like think of this cube as like the size of their room. It yeah. could have been their room, which is more than likely a cube. Uh-huh. Like just like practice using your imagination and see just how big possibilities actually are. And for the record, I thought of a Rubik's
0: Cube, actually. Look at that. See, <laughs> like, I
1: didn't even think of a That's, Rubik's Cube. That was nowhere near on my, like,
0: radar. Wow. So these games, you're a huge fan. You go all in because of what it does to exercise that imagination. Oh, yeah, and they're really fun. Have <laughs> you never played Dungeons and & Dragons? And the thing is, I, I, I and I still don't know very much about it, but I loved how excited you were about it and I, I could I, geek about D for so long. And I, I did pick up on just it, it's very much sort of this this story that you're telling yep. and the characters you're taking on. And when people go all in and they do. Oh, they do so it's much. fascinating. It, it is so much fun. Oh, I'm a hundred percent
1: all in. I use voices for characters and stuff like that. Like I like use all the minis and like the board pieces. I make my own board pieces. I have like three groups that I play with right now. So that's roughly like 15 hours out of my week. is like spent playing D&D. It's amazing. It's the greatest thing. There's
0: some great... Uh, it's a great way to bond with people. It's a great way to meet it people. It is because it's a collective game. Like you play with other people, and so like that's like what's revolutionary
1: about D and D is like normally nerds are like lonely and like just like alone and they do their thing, and then all of a sudden this game comes along and like they start like hanging out together, mm-hmm. and like it like all of a sudden they all develop social skills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like D and D is a good thing because it helps remedy people's social skills. There you go. There you go as we kind of hit sort of maybe a wrap-up point here or whatever, when you think about what people can learn from your life, how, how old are you again? You're like 24? 24. 24. Yeah. 24 years of life. What, what do you think so far the lessons or the takeaway, you know, things for people are, you know, when they look at your life? Mm. Uh, one thing, keep,
1: going. One of my favorite quotes is if somebody hasn't come back from the future to stop you from doing something, how bad can that thing actually be? Mm. I'm joking. That's actually a terrible philosophy to go off of because like, <laughs> things like the Holocaust exist. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why that philosophy doesn't work, but like you understand the concept.
0: Yeah, yeah, just the idea that like it, it can't be that yeah. bad. Like keep
1: going yeah like like, give it just a shot keep pushing like it was funny I saw a tweet the other day where somebody was like it was the like oh it gets better tweet and then somebody like commented on it like when <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and I was like Ooh. yikes that's a person in pain <laughs> like but like just keep going mm-hmm the thing is, the master, the, another one of my favorite quotes, I love these little quotes, like, like little proverbs are great. Like put pover, proverbs in your back pocket that you can just pull out to help people with. Like the master has failed more times than the novice have, has tried. Mm. Like keep going. Mm-hmm.
0: Like keep trying. Well, and I think too for, for any novice that's attempting to be the master, what does that say? It says you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah, you have like you have to fail in right. order to become master, and in order to fail, you have to try. Yep. Yeah, I love that.
1: Oh, it's so real because like huge. I know a lot of young people who are just afraid to actually do something. I know a lot of people who are like at the end of college, just because of how old I am. Like me leaving college, like just a year ago, basically interacting with people. Who are like just about to get into their like real world, real world with air quotations. I'm saying this right now. You are in the real world right now. For those people who are at the next step though, and they're terrified, literally just step, mm. do something.
0: Yeah. Keep going. Take the yeah. next step, do something. These Sometimes that next step is taking a break.
1: that's that's fine you don't have to like worry about doing something but be intentional about taking a step maybe it is intentionally taking a break maybe it's intentionally like saving money like maybe it's intentionally going to a job that you might hate maybe it's intentionally going to a job that might like go bankrupt just try Hmm. like do something and you'll figure it out as you go. Yeah. And if you die, you It'll die. Happen. If you die, you die, all right?
0: <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Death? <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Cody, thanks again for for doing this. No problem. It's been so fun. This has been a blast. I love it. It's just
1: weird because we're just staring at each other and no one can see that we're staring at each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, I am such a huge fan of your life. I'm a fan of who you are. I'm a fan of you. All right? I haven't been able to say that. uh, Guys, Zach is... Great.
1: Be a fan of him. <laughs> well uh, listening to this podcast.
0: I, I have learned so much from you and I appreciate you in so many ways and I'm excited that other people now get to know you and learn so from you as excited. well. And uh, is there anything else that you mean ways that You know, people can connect with you or reach out to you. Uh, Hit me up,
1: Cody. Five eight nine four is my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. Just look me up on Facebook. Uh, Remember, it's not Cody C O D Y. It's Cody C O D I E. And there's like maybe five of us on planet Earth, (laughs) and I think I'm the only like black one. So you'll be able to identify me very quickly,
0: and you'll get to see a lot of his D and D creations. Oh, you will oh man, it's so great,
1: do it, follow me. It'll be fun, all right? And like, let me know because I won't follow you back if like, I'm like, I don't know who this person is, I'm not gonna follow them. Like, it, uh, like send me a message. Like, oh, I followed you because of this. And I'll be like, oh, what's up? There
0: you go, there you go. So connect with Cody, follow him, check do him it. out. Cody5894, 5894, C-O-D-I-E-5894, 5894. hit me up. There it is, all right, thanks Cody. Peace thanks for listening to this episode of the biggest fan of your life podcast if you have any thoughts or questions for today's guest please email me at biggestfanofyourlife@gmail.com, at gmail.com and i'll get in touch with them for a response and maybe we'll even talk about it on a future episode of the podcast and if you're a fan of this podcast i'd love it if you would like rate share comment review and or subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you're using Maybe even take a screenshot while you're listening and share it to your Insta story. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Zach Owens, that's at Z-A-C-O-W-E-N-S, or on Instagram at Zach underscore Owens, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Zach Owens Music. You can find out about other creative projects I'm working on, including new and original music. I'd like to give a special shout-out to Audrey Pelser, who designed our podcast graphic, Grayson Wazaleski, who composed the music that you're jamming to right now, and Donnie Moretti, our audio engineer extraordinaire. Thanks again for tuning in, and join us next time when we'll have yet another fascinating guest that I'm a fan of and that I think you should be, too. Till then, I'm Zach Owens, and I'm the biggest fan of your life.